One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I'm Courtney Eck. And we're still sisters. Yeah, much to everyone's chagrin. <laughs> Today we are going to talk to you uh, about some murder. But first we wanted to, real quick, just talk a little bit about our giveaway. We have a giveaway! Yay! So Courtney has made these adorable totes. They're not even adorable. They're, like, really cool. Yep. They're the the season's hottest fashion accessory. (laughs) If you're feeling like you don't know what to pair with your, uh, we call them soft pants in our house. I have my, (laughs) I work from home anyway, so my life hasn't changed that much. I have my soft pants, and then I have executive soft pants, which Mm. are the slightly nicer kind of yoga pants that I wear (laughs) to, quote, unquote, work. So if you need something to accessorize with your soft pants... We have just the thing for you. Totes. Totes. So, yeah, what you have to do to get a tote is go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our podcast, do a, hopefully, a five-star rating, and then write us a review. And once that's done, just email us uh, or find us on social media and let us know. Uh, Give us your address and we'll send you a tote. Straight in the mail, man. Just put it right in there. Get to your house. Put your stuff in it. Accessorize. Yeah. You could put your wine in it to carry it from your fridge to your couch. <laughs> it's not insulated, but hopefully your fridge isn't that far from your couch. That's right. You could put your poop bags in it uh, for your dog when you go on a dog walk. Yep. But don't put poop in it. Straighten no. in it. I right. mean, you can. They're empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just carry your poop around. <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's, yeah. a, it's a new world, guys. We haven't really fully established <laughs> the rules, so put your poops uh, in your bags. Carry them around. <laughs> uh, but we promise not to banter too much at the, the top. We'll yep. banter at the bottom. <laughs> banter at the back or the bottom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is um, technically, technically this is the bottom, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a journalist. My brain is still completely dead. And today, Courtney is going to be the one to tell you a really crazy, twisty-turny tale today. Yeah, Um, it's a good one. So I'll let you take it from here. All right. Yeah, today's story is, I mean, I think you're just going to have to get used to the fact if I'm telling the story, it's going to be slightly complicated. This one's complicated in a fun way, not in a who the fuck are you talking about way like Scott Rogers? There's not a 50 million um, characters coming in and out. It's just three people. With that said, this is the bizarre but solved. That's another important point. I hate an unsolved mystery. This is the bizarre but solved disappearance of Carrie Farver. Uh, so in 2012 in Omaha, Nebraska, a mechanic named Dave Krupa was working in his shop Uh, when a woman named Carrie Farver walked in to have her SUV repaired. Dave was immediately taken by Carrie's beauty, but refrained from approaching her at the risk of seeming unprofessional. Fast forward, though, to a few weeks later, and uh, Dave went on a dating website and actually saw Carrie and sent her the message, Mm. quote, Hey, I know you. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lucky coincidence for him. He's such a Casanova. (laughs) Away with words. (laughs) 
she responded back with a similar message, and that was sort of the end of that. But not long after that, Carrie was back in Dave's shop and, quote, sparks were flying. Uh, They struck up a conversation, and at that point, they did exchange numbers. So soon after that, they went out to dinner, and Dave invited Carrie back to his place. Speaking of Casanova. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As they walked into the apartment, uh, Dave's ex-girlfriend, Liz, actually arrived to pick up a few things that she'd left at his place before they'd broken up. And Carrie was like, awkward, I'm out of here, call me when this is over. Um, So Yeah, that's bad timing yeah (laughs) like Like the bummer worst worst possible timing yep uh so after liz had collected her things and left dave did call carrie that same night who actually invited him out to her place and she dave lived in omaha and carrie lived about an hour outside of omaha so dave went over they settled on the couch and as it became clear that things were progressing physically carrie said look if we're gonna oh this is quote quote look if we're gonna have sex that's all it is period. There's nothing more to it. Dave, of course, was ecstatic to have the companionship, (laughs) um, but he was also not interested in a committed relationship. So it was a perfect casual connection. Carrie was a computer programmer and her office was close to Dave's house in Omaha. So she had an hour commute to work. They met up there often to hook up and hang out. And Dave said that Carrie was extremely intelligent and a total whiz at computers. Dave started to develop deeper feelings for Carrie, but he was still hesitant to move forward after a failed relationship with his ex named Amy that had lasted 12 years and produced two children. So not the, not the first. Correct. Not the Liz. The person who stopped by. Okay. Right. So there's Liz and Amy. Liz and Amy. Exactly. Two different exes. Okay. Correct. Amy described Dave as quote emotionless. And despite Amy's desire to get married, uh, Dave was never interested in making the commitment. Despite this, Amy and Dave remained friends, especially because they had two kids together, and she was generally aware of the women he dated, including Carrie. So in early November 2013, Carrie asked if she could stay at Dave's for several nights as she had a big project to work on in Omaha um, and didn't want to have to drive back and forth the hour to her place every night. Dave agreed, and the first morning after Dave kissed Gary goodbye, he was in high spirits saying, quote, I had this beautiful lady who was going to be in my house when I got home. I don't know who wouldn't smile about that. No. So I she'll know. be there, right, when he gets home? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I know. It's not how this story works. So Dave left home that morning uh, by 6.30 a.m., and at 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, at work, he got a text from Carrie that said, Quote, do you want to move in together? Whoa. Yeah. And despite his growing feelings for her, he wasn't ready to move in. It had only mm-hmm. been two weeks, and he told her so. She then responded with a string of very aggressive texts saying things like, quote, fine then, we're over. I'm Whoa. seeing someone else and never want to see you again. And on and on and on and on. Oy. Yeah. Hard right in that relationship. Yeah. So... Dave was completely taken aback, understandably, um, but was also very busy at work that day, so didn't have time to engage her and said he immediately felt like he'd, quote, dodged a bullet. Yeah, sounds like it. Big time. He said he went from his best case scenario to, quote, the woman from hell in the course of a couple of hours. That's so crazy. So crazy. I mean, we've all been there in relationships where you go on like a date or two and then on your third date, like the person just like, here's my actual personality. And you're like, holy shit. But usually it's just like, you know, mild case of bad taste or something. Not like full blown. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just just from zero to 60. But Carrie went from zero to 60. So I'll tell you a little bit about who Carrie was. Carrie was raised in Macedonia, Iowa by her mom and stepfather, who said they've always known there was something different about Carrie, and she, quote, always wanted to do her own thing. Uh, They said she was super smart, that boys were always drawn to her, and that she enjoyed their attention. She was a total babe, too. She's just got one of those, like, classic natural beauties. Her friend Holly said that while she was very smart, she often made, quote, dubious choices. For example, in college, she fell hard for a boy and talked about walking down the streets together, drinking champagne, like, quote, a romantic movie. Which, who doesn't want that? <laughs> I'm a Leo, man. Give me the champagne walk walks. <laughs> I love that 
bullshit. The relationship didn't last, even when Carrie found out that she was pregnant by this guy. Yep. She chose to keep the baby, uh, moved home, enrolled in computer classes, and when she had the baby, she named him Maxwell. Oh, I I love that name. I do too. She was described as a good mother, but did have terrible mood swings and depression, which would lead her to spend days at a time in bed. Bummer. Yeah. Eventually, Carrie was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and began taking medication to help even out her mood swings, and she was able to settle into a comfortable life with her son, Max. That might explain the crazy text messages. Crazy shift. Precisely. Yep. So Max was a teenager in 2012 when Carrie took on the job that would keep her away from home and at Dave's house. And he said, Max said that he understood she was extremely busy working and didn't ask a whole lot about the man she'd be staying with. While Carrie mentioned Dave to her family, they were aware of him. She tended to mostly keep to herself about relationships, so people didn't have a lot of details about who he was. Max went to stay with his grandmother for the week that Carrie was going into the city to focus on work. Carrie didn't text her mother on the Monday that she'd started the big job, Uh, but then on Tuesday, her mother started getting texts from Carrie saying that she'd quit her job and was going to move to Kansas to live. (laughs) So she started a big job on Monday, and then Tuesday she's saying she quit the job and is moving to Kansas? Exactly. And they're in Nebraska? They are in... Right, you said Omaha? Um, Yeah, Omaha is where she's... I think they're in Iowa. Okay. I think. They're all all those. I mean, no... Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're all squished they're... in there together, <laughs> in my mind. Nope. Let's, <laughs> let's go through some super interesting geography right now. This yes. one box state looks like yeah, that's yeah. Iowa, the this other box state. sticky toppy one, skinny one, that's Idaho. I don't think that's anywhere near it. <laughs> no. Moving east. No, anyway. anyway um, uh, so she's moving to Kansas. That's, that's what her she's plan. claiming. Yeah. So okay. Monday is the last, you know, and she left for work on Monday. Dave kissed her goodbye. And then he started sending her nuts, you know, te- text messages immediately. And then on Tuesday, she reaches out to her mom, says uh, she's decided to quit her job and is moving to Kansas. Hmm. So the messages were obviously startling. But Carrie had previously mentioned to Max that she had a lead on a job in Kansas. And they had even discussed him staying with his grandmother to finish out high school if she got that job. So later in the week, Max got a text from her saying that she'd uh, gotten a second interview with that job, but that she would be home over the weekend for a family wedding, which she never showed up for. Oh, no. Yep. When she failed to arrive that weekend, that's when Max started to worry about his mother's whereabouts. Max and Carrie were extremely close, and it wasn't like her to not show up for her family. So meanwhile... Carrie texted her mother that she'd broken up with her boyfriend and was considering checking into a mental hospital, which her mother found very alarming. She kept this information from Max to try to protect him while they continued to try to work to confirm Carrie's location. And so this was all just text? Yes. No phone calls? Correct. Carrie's mother wanted to find Carrie's boyfriend, but really didn't have any idea where to start. Without any real info to work from, she instead filed a missing persons report with the police who didn't offer much help as Carrie was a grown woman and there wasn't real cause for concern since she was still communicating with her family. Right. To your point, her mother tried calling repeatedly, but Carrie wouldn't answer and instead sent confusing text messages that uh, contradicted each other and didn't help calm her mother's concerns. Mm. When Carrie texted that she'd gotten the job in Kansas and had sold her furniture to move away, her mother began to suspect that she was having a mental breakdown. Right. Sure sounds like it. Yeah. It's just like a couple of weeks, in the course of a couple of weeks, she breaks up with her boyfriend, quits her job, gets a new job, sells all her furniture, and is like planning to move away. She asked her mother to meet the person who had purchased the furniture, and when her mother refused, Carrie flipped out and sent a chain of angry and threatening texts to her and Max saying that she was going to take Max and go to Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. So Max was scared of what was happening to his mom, and he desperately wanted to stay with his grandparents while they figured it out. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. Not at all. That's scary. His grandmother even applied for temporary guardianship in case Carrie tried to show up and take him, which 
yeah, she did say, you know, it's absolutely a heartbreaking thing to have to do, though. But yeah, I mean, clearly she's not in a place where she could be taking care of her kid. No. Yeah. To healthy way. Exactly. Especially out of state away from his grandparents. If she's having a mental health crisis, you know, the least they could do is keep Max safe um, Mm -hmm. while while she goes, you know, goes through whatever she's going through. So Carrie's mother again reached out to the police who suggested they track down the woman who'd purchased the furniture and see if she had any information about Carrie's whereabouts. Mm -hmm. So the woman who was scheduled to collect the furniture uh, was named Shanna Gallagher, but she went by her middle name, Liz. Mm. So (laughs) Liz Gallagher also happened to be the same woman who used to date Dave, uh, and she lived in Omaha with her two kids. And she is the woman who ran into Carrie at Dave's place when she'd gone to collect her things. That seems like quite a coincidence. Well, she explained that she hadn't actually paid for the furniture. She never was not interested in buying Carrie's furniture, um, but that someone had actually stolen her checkbook and that she suspected that it was Carrie who had stolen it. Wow. Yeah. So she explained that she'd run into Carrie at Dave's place and encouraged police to reach out to him to get more information. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for the weeks since Dave had seen Carrie, Carrie had sent him a nonstop barrage of abusive texts and emails and refused to answer the phone when he called. He was very surprised when the police showed up at his repair shop to ask him questions about her disappearance. Dave was not at all aware that Carrie had been reported missing. And the police didn't seem to buy his story that she didn't know where he was or where she was. Mm -hmm. Quote, he was drilling me with them policeman eyes. The ones that... I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand them policeman them eyes. policeman so. eyes. I know. This guy... And Dave... I love Dave. When you listen to his... Uh, he just seems like the sweetest dude. Like, yeah. just... Uh, I don't know. Just get that, that positive energy. Um, right. Quote, he was drilling me with them policeman eyes. Them ones that are like, you know, you feel like you're in the principal's office. Oh, buddy. Yeah. In the principal's <laughs> office in hell is what I would... <laughs> describe that feel. I've never been questioned by the police. I no, thank you. Mm-mm. He didn't realize that he was the last person to see Carrie alive and tried to explain that she hadn't stopped messaging him and he just wanted her to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. After a while of talking, he was able to convince the officers that he was telling the truth and strangely, soon after that Carrie started texting the detective too. Um interesting. Yeah. So had they been trying to contact Carrie? I assume yes, so. Yes. Okay. So she had their contact information. I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Somehow she got the detective's phone number and starts okay. starts texting him. She texted, "Quote: I would really appreciate it if you leave Dave Krupa out of this." He explained the detective responded that he could not stop the investigation until they confirmed she was safe, and she responded that it was pointless. And quote: I want one person to go away for destroying everything for me. They assumed she was referring to Liz uh, after Dave showed them texts where Carrie blamed Liz for the breakup. This also solidified for them the claim that Carrie had stolen Liz's checkbook, and they encouraged her to file a report with Omaha PD. Huh. So just based off that one chance meetup, Carrie's sort of gone off the deep end and is blaming Liz for the breakup. Exactly. Yeah. And stealing her checkbook. Well, and so sending threatening texts to Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carrie runs into Liz. Carrie asks Dave to, you know, take the relationship to the next level. Dave says mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Carrie, you know, is like either that causes a mental breakdown or she was already sort of ramping up for it. Um, she just associates Liz with his response, steals Liz's checkbook somehow. And just, like, harassing the living daylights out of Dave. Yeah, that's terrifying. Terrifying. And it's not that crazy to think. I mean, we all know how to internet stalk if you are worth your weight in whatever. Right. (laughs) Um, We covered that in what episode? Listen, I can can find your ex-girlfriend's ex-girlfriend's dog in under 15 <laughs> minutes if you need me to like i could definitely find somebody's apartment number get there steal a checkbook yeah i'm gonna do it right now prove it <laughs> <laughs> too bad nobody has your nobody uh, scream 
Oh, nobody has checkbooks anymore. Oh. Abandon. I'll abandon that mission. <laughs> um, so before she had the chance to file the report, though, someone broke into her garage and scrawled the words, quote, whore from Dave in her garage. In Liz's garage? Yes. Okay. Whore from Dave. Whore from Dave. Okay. <laughs> That's very random. I don't know how you can be a whore from some... I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. is Dave a place suddenly? Um, She's the whore from Dave, Nebraska. Um, <laughs> so police became more and more concerned that Carrie was experiencing a psychotic break. And, clearly. yeah, and felt an urgency to find her before her behavior became dangerous. Carrie's family uh, were concerned that the police weren't doing enough to find her and reached out to Carrie the day before Thanksgiving. At this point, she'd been missing for just two weeks to try to tempt her home with Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, that would get me home. Give me some turkey and shit. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> cranberry sauce. Yep. Making, what is it, seven layer salad? I love that shit. Mm hmm iceberg lettuce peas i mean it's like the bacon bacon mayonnaise salad Ma sugar <laughs> <laughs> we'll post uh, uh the recipe online <laughs> yeah do yourself a favor man it's so good um so carrie never responded and didn't show up for thanksgiving dinner at all that's not good no um even more surprising carrie's father died of cancer less than a month later Oh, no. And Carrie didn't show up for the funeral. and oh, no. Yeah, and merely sent a message through Facebook that said, quote, I'm sorry I missed the funeral. No. Yeah. No, no bueno. And as far as we know, it sounds like they were close before this, right? Yes. She, like she, she'd had her ups and downs, but she was pretty close with her family absolutely yeah she okay. was a depressed person but i don't i don't i didn't see any evidence of her being like volatile or mm -hmm. you know she wasn't well all the time but she was very close to her family especially her yeah. son so just a couple of days before her father's passing she also posted on facebook quote dave krupa proposed to me i said yes and this devastated and confused family members and friends even more dave insisted that he still hadn't seen carrie but still heard from her constantly, receiving 50 to 60 texts and emails from her daily. Oh, my God. Yeah. He said at one point it was so much that he couldn't even use his phone because anytime he would try to open his phone or, you know, use any of the services on his phone, it was just getting clogged because it was just constant, constant texts and emails coming wow. through. Yep. He tried changing his number a couple of times and the messages just kept coming. Crazy. Yep. Uh, she continued to berate him and specifically focused on women she perceived he was dating uh, and was particularly honed in on Liz, texting things like, quote, she's a whore. You shouldn't be with someone like that. I hope we can see each other soon. Hmm. Even more disturbing, Dave started to receive messages describing activities that he was doing in his apartment at the time. Um, yeah. Uh oh Yeah. Made it clear that Carrie was standing outside of his apartment stalking him. Oh, no. Yeah. She also said that she'd taken his extra apartment key and had been uh, entering his home when he wasn't there. No, thank you. Yeah. That's not good. No. No. So Liz started receiving similar messages with photo attachments of the inside of her garage or around her property. So Carrie was also starting to ramp up stalking her and breaking into her um, home, like her garage. Uh, that's not good. No. Eventually, one day, Dave received a message that said that Carrie had kidnapped Liz. The, <sighs> the message read, quote, you will do exactly as I say, and then I will let her go. Do it or say goodbye to her. Jeezy. The message included a photo of a woman who was bound and gagged, but uh, Dave was unable to see her face, so called Carrie's <sighs> bluff and on the threat, which was a fake threat. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, but just what? That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I could just text Liz and be like, hey, are you currently kidnapped? Nope, I'm just... <laughs> right, yeah. There's, just making some French toast. To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. So then Carrie claimed she was going to be moving into an apartment building near Dave's apartment. Dave reported this to the police who discovered that the building address was correct, but that the apartment number didn't exist. So in the winter leading into 2013, Carrie continued to stalk and harass Dave and one day Dave happened upon, this is so random, but happened upon Carrie's Miss SUV in a parking lot near work. 
What? Yes. So he drove. He's driving to work. He sees this SUV, and it was wintertime, and the only reason he noticed it was because it had not been cleared of snow for several days. Uh, wow. Yeah. And he said, you know, oh, that looks like Carrie's car. Same color, same everything. It's obviously been sitting there. So his instinct was to report it to police, which he did, who then confirmed Good. that it actually was her car. Wow. I know. Um, and they took it in for processing. I mean, that's just crazy. Crazy. I mean, I keep I keep saying crazy, but it's like, come on. What? I know. <laughs> like, yeah. And he would have. Good for him for being so observant. Totally. Totally. And he would have noticed it, you know, had it been sitting there this whole time because it was on his route to work. Okay. Yeah. It just, he noticed it that day because all the other cars were cleared because of, snow. of the snow. Yep. And that one right. was not. So the car was very clean inside, but they were able to find a fingerprint on a mint container that was sitting in the cup holder. Hmm. Um, okay, so if my car is ever found somewhere and it's really clean inside, you know, <laughs> fishy has happened, just putting it out there, Courtney. They're like, wow, she really keeps a clean car. No, nope. I don't. Foul play, so. immediate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the print did not pull up any hits when they processed it. Mm. So Carrie's threats continued to intensify including writing a fake obituary to Liz and then claiming that Dave had discussed hiring someone to kill Liz and her kids. Jesus. Yeah. So she's sending Dave messages saying things like, you know, when we discussed getting rid of her and the kids, you said we should hire a hitman and, you know, just like sending these things to Dave, but incriminating him as if they'd had these conversations previously Wow. and they had not, he was not interested in killing Liz or her kids. And how long has passed? Uh, not long. So this okay. is the winter. So is okay. Yeah. So she, well, I guess, let's see. Where do we start? 2012. So under a year has passed okay. at this point. But still. Yeah. Like with, not just weeks at this point. We're talking more like months. A couple of months. Yeah. Okay. So she went missing two weeks before Thanksgiving. And this is oh, okay. the winter. Yeah. Okay. So not that so long. So not that. Okay. Yeah. So they're, you know, at this point, the police are kind of, they're beginning to take it seriously because she's threatening, you know, death and bringing up murder and writing Liz's fake obituary. So the police did a phone dump of each of their phones to, to start to preserve the evidence. That's good. Yeah. So the continued harassment pushed Liz and Dave back into each other's lives as they were meeting constantly to discuss the messages and keep each other in the loop on Carrie's escalating behavior. Uh, they eventually spent so much time together that they started to rekindle the relationship. The pairs were also regulars at the police station as the harassment turned physical when Carrie threw a rock through one of Dave's windows. Oh, no. Yeah. But he did he see her? Nope. Oh. No, just a rock came through, and I don't think he was like, hmm, who could that be? Right. <laughs> cool. Thanks. The police knew that Carrie was a computer expert and quickly assumed that she was using software to disguise the phones and computers that she was using to message Dave and Liz, uh, which made it nearly impossible to track her after each incident. Uh, Dave and Liz were constantly terrified that Carrie's actions would have even more serious consequences, and one Saturday morning, their fears were confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that Saturday morning, Liz called Dave and hysterically announced that Carrie had finally taken it too far and had burned down Liz's house. What? Yeah. So Liz was in the process of moving out, and luckily she and her kids were already sleeping in their new home. Oh, good. Yeah. But her two dogs, one cat, I know, and pet snake were all found dead from the fire. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I've said this before. It's one thing to murder a person. Yeah. I know, and I don't really mean that, but I, <laughs> no. people who hurt animals are the worst. Yeah. And, you know, she would know that those animals were there because she's a stalker. Right. Uh, so neighbors claimed that they'd seen a woman parked in a car in front of the house a couple of weeks before the fire. Police showed them a photo of Carrie, and while they said they couldn't be sure, they did think that she did generally look like the woman they'd seen in the car. So Carrie immediately followed up with an email to Dave that said, quote, I'm not lying. I set that nasty horse house on fire. I hope the whore and her kids die in it. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a little, a little aggressive. Yeah, man. She sent an additional email to Liz that said, quote, I hope you and your kids burn to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. No. No, go ahead and imagine. Just, I'm, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, I know. 
I know. I get like I get worried when my dog barks outside too long that my neighbors are gonna yes, be mad at me. I exactly. can't exactly. Like, no, that's so yeah, scary. I know. I know. I'm always always freaked out that my neighbors are gonna come over and be like, um, you guys, you know, it's like I'm light little, your uh, house on fire. <laughs> Look, if you send me a text with like without an exclamation point at the end, it's going to ruin my day, let alone <laughs> a full on death threat combined with actually burning my house down. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's awful. So police obviously intensified their efforts, but continued to come up completely empty handed. Mm-hmm. Carrie eventually turned her aggression on Dave. Uh, and sent emails saying she would, quote, slit his kids' throats. Yikes, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. So understandably, the stalking started to take its toll, and Dave bought a gun for safety and also admits that he started drinking heavily to mm. ease some of the torment. Yeah, he's Bye. like, I wasn't really much of a drinker before this, but it was like it was daily kind of constant drinking, which, Bye. I mean, what are you going to do? I, I, I would... I would drink too, because then I'd be like, "Well, at least when you come slit my throat, I will be drunk and care a little less." I don't. I don't don't know. know. So stressful. So stressful. Short of like just completely moving away, I don't know. Stalking really freaks me out. Right. Well, she's so good at it. Yes. And relentless. Right. Yeah. And when the physical, you know, when somebody burns down your house, it's one thing to be like, "Oh, it's just harmless." It sucks. It's horrible, but she's not going to do anything about it. But then she burns down someone's house. Like, yeah, that's super serious. So, so scary. So, uh, in the meantime, Carrie's family continues to plead with her to come home to no avail. Uh, they sent constant text messages asking her to come home, and she continued to stay away. She didn't show up to celebrate Christmas with her son and just left them to deal with the death of her father. Her family was devastated to spend the holidays without her but had a small spark of hope when they received a call in April of 2013. A man called and reported that Carrie was living in a homeless shelter in Omaha and that they needed to come pick her up right away. Oh, great. That's good. Well, so (laughs) her mother and brother rushed to Omaha to collect her, uh, and an investigator actually met them at the shelter with a photo of Carrie. Once they got there, unfortunately, they were devastated to learn that Carrie had never been at the shelter and that their hopes had been for nothing. Oh. I know. I can't, I mean, that just makes me so sick to my stomach. Yeah. Like, to finally hope to that, feel that close and yeah, for and like it to not turn into anything. This is all going to end. And then she's not there. Oh. So her mother continued to message Carrie and receive no response. But Carrie did post to Facebook, quote, I'm a grown woman. And if I feel like leaving home, I have the right. Mm-hmm. I asked my, I know, I, I asked my. Yeah, especially not if we're burning houses down. Um, I asked my son Max to come home with me, but you didn't want to. So when I'm ready to come back home, I will. I love you all very much, but I still need time to sort things out. She also posted things like, quote, Liz is the hoe that took my boyfriend away from me. Now I met a really nice guy. <laughs> I always think it's funny when people use the word hoe. Ho. Is, yeah. <laughs> Can bring it I back. mean, this wasn't like, yeah, yeah, this wasn't 1995. <laughs> this was like 2013. It wasn't that right. long ago. Oh. So Carrie's mother was baffled because the posts just didn't sound like Carrie, even during a bipolar episode. Mm. Uh, she said that Carrie was so meticulous about spelling, grammar, and sentence structure, and that the posts were messy and misspelled. Mm. They were concerned that maybe she'd been kidnapped or that someone had stolen her identity. Yeah. So... They reported this to the police who said that they'd follow up, but nothing came of it. Max also reached out during this time, sending his mother a Facebook message uh, that simply said, quote, hi. Carrie responded the next day saying, quote, hey, little man, how are you? Max then wrote back with three questions that only Carrie would know the answer to. One being, what was his middle name? Another was, what was their first boxer's name? And the last was, who was his best friend as a little kid? Which is smart. That's super clever. Mm-hmm. But Carrie, of course, never responded to Max's mm-hmm. questions. All right. Yeah. I'm suspicious. <laughs> yeah. So Carrie continued to message her mom that she'd suffered a breakdown, but she felt like she was coming out of it. She said that she regretted her choice to leave and, quote, the guy wasn't worth it. Carrie's family was extremely frustrated and didn't know why she wouldn't call them or come home knowing how much pain she was causing them. So 
fast forward a couple of years. Years? Yep. To February 2015. No. Yep. And Dave moved to Council Bluffs, Iowa to be closer to his kids and their mother, Amy, also hoping that Carrie couldn't find him there. After three years of constant harassment, it seemed that Carrie was finally starting to leave them alone. Three years. Three years. That's a very long time. (sighs) We've all been in the house for two weeks and we're all like going to, you know, do bad things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Three years of constant harassment. But she started to finally taper off in the harassment department. And Liz and Dave's relationship had also started to fade as they were beginning to be able to move on with their lives. Uh, While the harassment was waning, one frightening thing did occur when Dave realized one day that the gun he purchased to protect himself from Carrie had disappeared. Oh, no. Yeah. So, meanwhile, a couple of detectives caught wind, literally just heard people in the precinct talking about Carrie's case, and it really piqued their interest, so they requested to look into it further. So just other, I'm sorry, other detectives? Yes. Yeah, so these are new okay. detectives. These two detectives heard, like, at the water cooler. It was uh-huh. like, I mean, in the precinct, people were talking about this case, like this crazy woman who was doing these crazy things who had disappeared. And they were like, that sounds nuts. You know, mm-hmm. that's not a normal reaction. That's, those are not normal actions. We want to look into it. And so they were given the case, um, and they were immediately struck by how strange her messages and behavior were. And it made them wonder if they were sent under duress or by someone else completely. So mm-hmm. they, they saw what her mother saw and said, this isn't, you know, this doesn't quite add up. Right. Good. Yeah. So to answer their questions, they came up with a great idea that they would kind of split the case in half. And one of them would work the case as if she was still alive. And the other would work the case as if she was dead. Oh, yeah. That's so smart. So smart. So You know, they say that, and this is generally the case, police generally just work an angle. They pick an angle, they work that angle until they hit a dead end. And they were like, this this case has been worked as though she is alive and she is stalking, which is a possibility. But we need to also look into the cases if she is dead and someone has assumed her identity. Mm -hmm. So they started completely from scratch and reviewed every piece of evidence that had been collected, uh, as well as revisiting every single thing with Dave including over 11,000 emails. <laughs> Pile those babies up. <laughs> I just picture a giant fat manila envelope, 11,000 yeah. emails in it. I don't ever want to read 11,000 emails. Like, no. That's so much. No. And I went, I looked back at my email. Like I use my email like a filing cabinet, like a dummy, but it's just my system. You know, I save all, it's a Google right. so I, or Gmail. I can save all my emails. So I think I have... I think we switched to Gmail for my business like six years ago, and I have like 18,000 emails. Yeah. You know, for business. Right. Yeah. 11,000 emails over three years to one person from one person. Yeah. It's insane. So uh, they also started reviewing all of Liz's messages, but hadn't had a chance to interview her yet. So they just started the case. Uh, They were reviewing her messages. We're going to bring her in to interview her. And she showed up herself to the precinct one day to file a harassment report. Oddly, this time, she wasn't filing a report against Carrie. She was actually filing it against Dave's ex and the mother of his children, Amy. Oh, no. Yes. Wait, why Amy? (laughs) (laughs) So Liz told the detective that she and David broken up. And as a result of the breakup, Amy had actually started stalking her on Facebook. So Liz and Dave break up and then Amy wants to stalk her because of Yeah. So Amy starts coming after Liz right after the breakup. All right. So Liz was concerned because she knew Dave's gun had been recently stolen. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on her that maybe she and Dave had had it wrong all along. Oh, no. So she wondered if maybe Carrie hadn't been stalking them for all those years, and maybe it was actually Amy posing as Carrie all along. Oh, no. Yeah. She was like, it made so much more sense that the woman who'd wanted to marry Dave would stalk them rather than the woman he'd only been dating for two weeks. Which, yeah. 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 Amy was in love with them. Yeah. They had kids together. Uh, they were together for 12 years. Meanwhile, he and Carrie had had a casual relationship for two weeks. So it didn't really add up that she would just go hog wild. And... <laughs> right. Well, and she'd have access to his 
apartment and would know where the gun is probably. And... Absolutely. So the next day, Liz went for a drive to clear her head after making the realization and took a walk in the park. Uh, she sat down on a bench to think for a bit and was then approached from behind by a female uh, that she believed was Amy. Oh, no. The woman stuck a gun in her back. Oh, no. Told her to get on the ground and shot her in the leg. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Liz then called 911 and was rushed to the hospital. The police rushed to Amy's apartment and entered her apartment with their guns drawn. Oosh. Yeah. They searched her apartment um, and then had her take a polygraph. She swore that she had nothing to do with the assault, um, but then failed the polygraph. Oh, no. Yeah. So despite the failed polygraph, police said that they had a feeling that things weren't quite adding up. Uh, for example, police noted that the hood of her car was ice cold when they had arrived, which is like right after Liz had been shot. Mm -hmm. And neighbors confirmed that Amy had actually been home all night. So the detective headed back to the hospital to further question Liz. The detectives had a sneaking suspicion that Liz had actually shot herself. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so wanted to get as much information out of her as they could. Uh, the big thing that was driving their suspicion was that they had recently discovered a photo on Liz's cell phone, which was taken of Carrie Farber's SUV. And they could tell by the timestamp that it had been taken in 2012, which was a year before it had been recovered in 2013. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Yep. You can't see me right now, but my eyes are very big. Uh, well, boy, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's not good. No, that's not something that you would have access to when it was missing, uh, unless you took it. So they'd also found a photo of the bound and gagged woman that had been used for the fake uh, ransom that had been sent to Dave, also mm. on Liz's phone. Okay, uh, so real quick, if you are going to commit some crimes and you start taking, like, pic delete the pictures, you guys. No. Or don't, because then we can catch you, but come uh, on. Yeah, like, definitely seriously. keep the photos. Keep and the photos. why are you taking pictures of the SUV just... Fucking psycho. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Yeah, yep. So they called in Tony Kava, who was an IT expert, uh, to take a deeper look at the evidence. What he found was a dozen email accounts three dozen Facebook accounts, and a number of different apps. He spent... Uh, in Liz, Liz's... Yeah. In her stuff. Yeah, basically yeah. all this information, all this harassment, these three years of harassment had come from a dozen emails, three dozen Facebook accounts, Jesus. and then through a number of different apps. So he spent hours and hours connecting each account back to Liz. Wow. Including, he found an, a video of the interior of Dave's apartment titled, quote, Husband's Cheating Place, <laughs> that had been posted to YouTube from Liz's residence. You are kidding me. No. Which is so random. <laughs> Whore from Dave. Husband's Cheating Place. Wow. Just like a mad lib of stalking. Yeah. So eventually he was able to trace every single threatening message back to Liz's IP address. Wow confirming that she had sent all of them. Wow. Yeah. Every single one. <laughs> uh, they also compared the fingerprint found in Carrie's SUV to Liz's fingerprints. And guess what? It didn't match. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> it was some, some dude. Some dude that we're now going to introduce another character. No, totally Liz's fingerprint oh, that was found in God. Carrie's SUV. So... They questioned uh, how, obviously, they questioned how Liz's fingerprint would have ended up in Carrie's car when she had, you know, continued to maintain that they'd only met once in right. Dave's, in passing at Dave's apartment. At this point, they began to switch their investigation from a missing persons case to a murder investigation, as all signs obviously pointed in that direction. While detectives felt they might have enough information to prove that Liz had impersonated Carrie, they weren't at all confident that they could uncover Carrie's murder. And the craziest thing is uh, when you listen to, oh, I need to cite my source. I got all of this information from a Dateline episode called yeah. Scorned. Yep. I listened to the podcast version of it, but there is also a, a television version. But they were like, even with all of that information, it's so hard to prove cyber stalking that they still were it was still going to be a tricky case like there was oh. i know which is like boggles my mind but but they were like you know we had we f felt pretty confident we could prove that we did not feel at all confident at that point that they could pin 
you know, like figure out that Carrie was murdered and then uh, pin it to Liz. Wow. That seems crazy. I know. I know. So they came up with a plan to coax the information out of Liz and met with her to put the plan in motion. They claimed that they had found some remains, which was not true, but they claimed they had found some remains and were waiting on lab results to confirm that they were Carrie's. They said that they needed Liz's help to confirm a timeline, like the last time she'd seen Carrie, which she again claimed was the only the only the one time in passing uh, meeting her at Dave's apartment. She reiterated that she now thought that Amy was the one behind the messages, and the detective pretended to agree. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like the definition of diabolical. Yes, so diabolical. She was so good at this. Like, yeah, freaky good. Uh, So he said that his fear was that if Amy was bold enough to shoot Liz, she might have been bold enough to murder Carrie to assume Mm -hmm. her identity. He said uh, that they wanted Liz's help in building a case against Amy. And of course, she was thrilled to comply. Mm -hmm, I bet. Well, and it's so smart of the cops to go that route to play into her. Yes, exactly. Play into her plan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So detectives moved forward with their plan to pretend that they thought Amy was guilty of the crimes and told Liz that they would be ecstatic to receive any information that could conclusively link Amy to Carrie's murder. A couple of days later, Liz started forwarding detectives emails from Amy that said things like, quote, I shot you, Liz, to make sure Dave stayed away from you. I made it that convenient. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Look at this. Amy just chimed in Weird. um yep <laughs> i made a couple of those fake emails that you and dave thought were carrie to get rid of you liz didn't work very well wow yep so detectives said that the messages were vague you know they need specific information about the murder right. so they spoke to liz again imploring her to try to get more specific information out of amy liz said that she would send an email to amy asking if she'd really shot her if amy had been the one who'd shot her what gun had she used and then also to ask amy if she was ever able to meet up with dave's ex carrie she said that amy responded immediately that she'd used dave's gun to shoot liz and quote don't worry you didn't get it as bad as crazy carrie so when i met crazy carrie she would not stop talking about dave and him being her husband She tried to attack me, but I attacked her with a knife. I stabbed her three to four times in the chest and stomach area, then took her out and burned her. I stuffed her body in a garbage bag with crap. Mm. Yeah. So detectives were thrilled to have so much information about her actual murder coming from these emails. Awful. What a psychopath. Anyway, we'll get into this more later, but what a psychopath. (laughs) And then to just be so narcissistic that they're like, we really need you to pin this on Amy. And she's like, ta-da, here's, <laughs> here's what I did. Here's what, quote, Amy did. Right. Liz reached out to Dave to tell him that she was helping the police confirm Amy was the murderer. And Dave was like, what, huh? Of course. Like, <laughs> right. excuse me? Uh, so Dave contacted the police, shocked at what Liz was claiming. Uh, the police... Didn't let Dave in on the whole plan, but did encourage Dave to actually move in with Amy to protect each other and their kids and to, quote, avoid Liz like the plague. Good. Yeah. So when Liz learned that Dave had moved in with Amy, she called the police furious. Because, of course, her plan the whole time was to be with Dave. Like That was right. the motivation behind all of this. And then to find out that Dave had moved in with Amy. There's a recording of her and she's crying and she's like... Amy shot me and killed killed Carrie, and now she gets to live with Dave. Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, just totally. God, I want to hear it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so detectives asked for li- access to Liz's email. They're like, yeah, this is serious. We're concerned. Can we have full access to your email to try to get more information on Amy? And Liz, of course, complied. Wow. Yep. They said that emails began pouring in with more details about the murder, including that she noticed that Carrie had a yin-yang tattoo on her left ankle started getting extremely specific. Right. Uh, so detectives decided to try to track down Carrie's SUV, which at this point, you know, this has been several years since they found it and processed it for that fingerprint. Right. To compare the new evidence, if possible. And they were actually able to track it down uh, to the new the person who had purchased it. That's good. Yeah. 
So they took the fabric off of the passenger seat where, quote, Amy had claimed, Kit Liz had claimed that she had stabbed Carrie. Right. And underneath the fabric, they found an enormous red stain. <sighs> uh, and they tested it to confirm that it was Carrie's blood. No. Yep. I mean, can you imagine just, like, going to work and some crazy asshole, like, no, uh, no, like start stabbing you like you don't. Yeah, no, that's just no, you've been dating this guy for two weeks and this guy's ex, you know, however, I don't know how she entrapped her, what her excuse was right. to meet up with her, gets in her car, have a conversation about whatever. Um, and you're just thinking it's like a mild, annoying moment in your day. And the next thing you know, you're dead. Wow. Yep. That's awful. Awful. So. During this time, you know, they had Liz under observation and they also observed her circling Amy's apartment several times a day. So they knew they needed to move quickly to prove Liz's involvement in Carrie's murder. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. I mean, thank God for these detectives who took this over. I mean, too many Christmas. Like, who knows how much further this could have gone if Liz had gone unchecked for more years, especially because Dave had broken up with her. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's just going to, like, escalate things for somebody who's already escalated things way too far. Right. So soon after Liz happened to be picked up on an unrelated misdemeanor charge, I don't know what it was, but mm. I'm assuming, you know, parking tickets or whatever, and brought her into the precinct. And the detectives used this opportunity to directly question her about Carrie's murder. So they finally asked her why her fingerprint was in Carrie's car. And she denied being in the car and asked for an attorney like immediately clammed up. She bonded out of jail and the county attorney asked for more time to review all of the information, which, I mean, can you imagine Mm-mm. like this woman has killed somebody, burnt her own house down, shot herself, stalked herself and her ex-boyfriend for three years and is circling this woman and her children's home. And the county attorney's mm-hmm. like, I need more, I need time. more and time. And guess how much time she took or they took Years or not years? Sorry, sorry, sorry. No. Month, months. Still too much time. <laughs> okay, months. Good. Yeah, too many, too many times. times. Too, yeah. Um. <laughs> so on December twenty second, twenty sixteen, four years after Carrie disappeared, the county attorney finally agreed that they could arrest Liz for Carrie's murder. Wow. Yep. Four, four years, years later. So Carrie's family and Dave were unbelievably relieved to hear the news that the ordeal could finally become be coming to an end. Good. So, on May 10th, 2017, Liz was finally put on trial for Carrie's murder. Liz actually waived her right to a jury trial, and so the prosecution Mm. laid out the mountain of evidence to a judge. Uh, They were able to determine that Carrie had logged into Facebook at 6.30 a.m. on the morning of her disappearance, and then logged off two minutes later to leave for work. At 9.54 a.m., Carrie's cell phone was used to access Facebook again, uh, at which time she unfriended Dave. So they knew her murder occurred between 6.30 a.m. and 9.54 a.m. This is the point where Liz became Carrie for three years in a sick attempt to keep suspicion off of her. So not only did she, you know, meet with Carrie, murder her, she just immediately put into play her plan. Yeah, it's so So crazy. crazy. So, I I mean, it had to be premeditated, but even if it wasn't, just her first thought was, all right, I'm going to go after Dave, unfriend him, and then it assumed yeah. Carrie's identity. Do we know how long Dave and Liz I don't. dated? I, no, I don't okay. exactly yeah, know. Long enough. Curious. Yeah, long enough. Right. Um, or maybe not in Liz's case, man. Maybe very just good like point. <laughs> a couple of months. A very good point. She's yeah. not well. In her not well brain. at all. So the one hurdle detectives knew they'd have to overcome would be the lack of a body to prove the murder. It's extremely hard to prove a murder when there's no body. Um, Mm -hmm. Detectives approached Dave before the trial and asked him if he'd had anything that might help them. Um, And he racked his brain and he actually remembered he'd had a tablet that Liz had used when they were together. And he'd put it into storage some time back, but he was actually able to track it down and present it to detectives. So they saw that the memory card had been deleted and reformatted, but luckily they were still able to recover thousands of photos that had been taken by Liz. Yeah. Shit. Which is, (laughs) once again, 
like these guys had luck on their side because once something's been deleted, you can usually recover it. But once it's been deleted or reformatted, it's like nearly impossible to recover right. the information, the data. So one photo they found was an image of a Chinese symbol on the side of a left foot. Oh, no. They reached out to Carrie's mother who then was able to send them photos to confirm that it was Carrie's tattoo that they were looking at in the image. So she took a picture of a dead woman's exactly right. Yep. Yep. They also found a photo of the yin yang tattoo that Liz had mentioned while posing as Amy. uh, And they were able to confirm that it was indeed on Carrie as the tattoo parlor had actually kept a record of it. Yeah. So yeah, Liz killed Carrie and then decided to take photos of her tattoos after she was dead. That's so crazy. So crazy. And thank God she did it because, you know, in the absence of a body, that's a pretty good backup. Liz's defense attorney claimed the prosecution's evidence was just a made up story, like a movie. They were like, this is basically a movie uh, because it is. It's so out there. Right. Um, Right. And that without proof that Liz stabbed Carrie or a body to prove Carrie was actually gone. You know, there's just nothing. Like you said, there's nothing to go on, but this, like, fantastical story. At the end of a very tense deliberation, the judge did find Liz guilty of first-degree murder and second-degree arson. Yes. Yes. She was sentenced to life in prison. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, they're like, Your Honor, here are... 30 Facebook accounts, <laughs> dozens of email accounts, pool, pool of blood, blood pictures, pictures of, of feet, feet, fingerprint on cup hold, on mint container. You know, it's just like not, yeah. no longer, not remotely circumstantial, but still tricky. So thank God. Right. Thank God for those detectives and thank God for their brilliant detective work in entrapping her to mm-hmm. lead them direct, like directly to the evidence that they needed. So Carrie... Her poor family was finally given the answers they'd been desperately seeking. And, of course, were tremendously relieved to know that the person who terrorized their family for years had been punished. And I i mean, my God, like poor Dave, but poor Carrie's family. It's like, yeah, well, not only do they have to face the fact that she's gone, they had to live through years of torture and yes. uncertainty and thinking that she was Losing yes. her mind. And, and like burning down people's homes and abandoning her poor, yeah. poor son, her poor son who didn't have a father. You know, his father was never in his life. And then his mother just loses her mind and starts harassing and attacking other people. Yeah, it's that's just so devastating. Like a missing person is my absolute worst nightmare. Um, yeah. And then to have your poor missing family member have their identity assumed to create, to right. like cause what's the word i'm looking for crimes yeah chaos. cause chaos and commit <laughs> crimes commit <laughs> and cause a bunch of crimes yeah to commit a bunch right. of crimes it's just like that's it's such crazy torture it's awful. awful yeah and but you know max was relieved to know that he could go on with his life knowing that his mother actually did love him and had not abandoned him yeah buddy and he's now in college studying computer science like his brilliant mother once had. I know. No. I know. And he, everybody who was a victim in this story, I, I definitely recommend listening to the podcast or watching the episode of Dateline because they're just a lo- loveliest bunch of people, Dave and uh, Max and Carrie's mom. Like, you can. Isn't that how it goes? It really is amazing. Like, yeah. 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 They're so at peace, it sounds. I'm sure they're not, but especially her mom. Her mom does seem just totally devastated. She's very emotional. Um, but Max seems like he's in a, you know, somewhat good place. Can't speak for him because he's on television. Yeah. Like, who knows how he actually is feeling. Right. But, you know, Dave um, very has, there's a lot of levity in his retelling of mm-hmm. the story. I think he's just so unbelievably relieved to have it over with. Right. I can't imagine. imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Fucking Liz Gallagher. What a piece of work. What a piece of work. Yeah. We need some scientists to uh, study her because that is crazy. 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 And, I mean, man, look, guys, I 
we had some run-ins with some sociopaths and when we lived in Portland just to make it about us for a second but seriously and I'm not saying like <laughs> oh my god such a sociopath like my ex is such a sociopath like legitimately legitimate yeah. our best friend was terrorized by her ex for a while we had a roommate who terrorized our house and our friends for a while and my ex-girlfriend terrorized me and everyone who came into her life and if you think for one second that something's wrong with somebody it probably is if there's something wrong you know if your little hackles go up or something seems off about a person's reactions to things and behaviors and motivations like pay it please pay attention to that it's gonna make you feel crazy but it if you if you feel like you're crazy it's because the other person's crazy you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. um yeah when you're when you're what you know to be true in your life suddenly shifts based on this other person's yeah yeah perception of you it's probably not you yeah that's (laughs) that's exactly right it's uh yeah enjoy your life live your life don't live in constant fear but when when pay attention yeah and when when something seems off go ahead and follow that instinct follow your gut and feeling that way and protect yourself and your loved ones yeah well good work Corey. that's such a crazy such case. a crazy and case so sad for carrie's family yeah truly i'm so glad I'm so glad that crazy bitch face yeah, is man. in jail right where she belongs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... uh... there you go there you go guys there we are with another one done in the podcast <laughs> books as they say <laughs> exactly what they say uh, say <laughs> I, I appreciate you doing this one my brain is still oh no, i think mushy. you're a wise wise and, woman uh, just cranking out the platitudes over there is that, a, is, that yeah. that, is that the right word for it platitudes a podcast platitudes <laughs> i don't i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm giving you a compliment that you're oh thank you <laughs> this nail in the podcast platitudes <laughs> I'm I'm also like really hungry. So uh Yeah, I am too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's wrap this up and stay safe out there, stay well, stay home. Um what else? You stay cool. Stay cool. Stay get a tote, rate review, subscribe. Oh, yes. We'll give you a tote. Totes. 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 Totes for everybody. Totes give you a tote. Um and then you'll have a tote. <laughs> yeah. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at They Will Kill. Yep. Uh, you can email us at They Will Kill Podcast. Correct. Gmail. That is correct. <laughs> That's exactly where you can email us. And you can find us at They Will Kill. Com. Yep. Um, wash your hands. Get, wear a mask. That's a new thing. Wear a mask. Oh, yeah, new thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're proving that that's going to be helpful. So get get one on your face before you go out of the house and protect yourself yeah. and others. I am definitely noticing around here people are starting to wear Me masks. Me too. And yep. I went to pick up my groceries and they don't even like come near you at all anymore. Yep. They just kind of throw the groceries in <laughs> and run. Um, and the guy next to me had on like those safety goggles that you wear in chemistry lab oh man and a full face mask and gloves and he had a can of lysol next to him and i was like all right we're taking this this seriously now people pumping my fist be crazy take it to the limit i know but whatever you know whatever it takes for you to feel safe do it man fuck yeah better safe than sorry like sociopaths are less of a concern right now the corona corona if you got a little hackle up about the corona listen to it Wrap That's yourself right. in fucking trash <laughs> bags, bag duct tape. Yes. Yep. A tote bag. Seal it up. Put a tote, put, yep. get one of our tote bags, put it over your head. <laughs> Don't. That's it. Uh, you know? Don't make sure you can still breathe. Yeah. God, fast forward to all of our class action lawsuits for encouraging people to fashion full head face masks out of our tote bags and ending up with grievous bodily harm as a result. That's Don't right. put our that. totes on your head. <laughs> No. No. If you do, we're not liable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rescinding our tote, our fun tote uh, sweepstakes just because I'm afraid that people are going to start bagging their heads and hurt themselves. <laughs> just kidding. Uh... You can still get a tote. Uh, be careful. 
and we love you. Uh, yeah. Thanks, AJ Brigance, for your, your music. Fuck yeah. Uh, and remember. Um. What should you remember to do? You should uh, probably be cool. (laughs) Yep, be cool, guys. Just probably be cool. Remember to probably be cool. (laughs) Love you guys. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.